Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last, and you are listening to Beyond Synth. This is episode 66, and my guest today is Fempop, a uh, talented lady from Ireland, and we have a fun chat, and we're going to do that in just a bit. I think I might actually change the format of the show today. I know normally we do the, uh, we play a few tracks and uh, chat and have some fun, and then we go to the interview, and then the show is over. Um, I think I'm going to switch it up today, and I'm going to put the interview in the middle of the show. There's absolutely no reason for this change. I'm just bored, and I want to change some things. So that's what I'm going to do. As I said, uh, my name is Andy, and you are listening to Beyond Synth, and I hope you guys are having a lovely day. As always, Beyond Synth is brought to you by DownToJam.com. It's a free website that helps musicians around the world connect based on musical compatibility. And if you're a musician looking for a partner to jam with or to fill a spot in your band, you're going to want to check out this site and sign up today. It's called downtojam.com. That's D-O-W-N-T-O-J-A-M.com. Do it because it'll make you feel good, all right? You make some friends, you form a band, you make some music, and you make the world a better place uh, because we need music because it makes us all feel good. How's that for some bullshit today? (laughs) Although it's not really bullshit because music actually does make me feel good, and I know it makes a lot of people feel good. Music is very powerful, and uh, I don't know why. Why am I talking? How about this? Let's listen to a song, and then we'll do some uh, Beyond Synth goodness. So here's a track. Uh, It's a single. It's called 1-800-NATALIE by Timbrawl.
that was Tim Brawl with the track 1-800-NATALIE. That is an improbable phone number. Uh, or is it? Hold on. 1-800-123. Nope. Nope. You can... Nope. I'm wrong. <laughs> I forgot just now how long phone numbers were. So I beat Uncharted 4. And I'm going to probably play Fallout 4 in the summertime, although I'm going to be very busy. So that's another thing, too, because I've got a very busy summer lined up. And now that we've started a Patreon uh, for Beyond Synth, that's patreon.com slash beyondsynth, uh, where you can donate money to the show, I feel like I would be bad if I just took a break now so i'm not going to but it's going to be a very busy summer so i'm probably going to be like super stressed uh putting out shows it's not so much about i have enough interview content uh but the interviews take a long time to edit and uh i feel like half the time on this show i'm always just justifying the work that i do one of these days i'll do a video i'll do like a making of the podcast just so people can see what that's all about but anyway i started playing a bit of fallout and uh, yeah i mean it looks awesome uh my son walked in and saw me playing and he's young so i'm not going to play the game in front of him because it's a mature rated game but uh he did catch me uh, you know in those uh, elder scrolls and fallout games you know you can just loot Everything You know, you're looting the, the rooms and you're looting characters. And, of course, if you loot the characters in Fallout, you can take their clothes and then they're, they're just in their underwear. Which was hilarious uh, to my son, who <laughs> I guess just <laughs> sees Fallout as the underwear game. Because he kept running in going like... <laughs> like <laughs> Telling me to loot other characters so they'd be in their underwear. Because if you remember being a kid, underwear was funny. And the word underwear is really funny to kids. Because they're fools. I'm just uh, looking through my notes here. Don't forget to follow at Andy Last on Twitter. That's my Twitter handle. Uh, It's where I post stuff about the show. That's the official Beyond Synth Twitter. Um, Because I don't really say anything personal on there it's mostly just posting links for the show so uh if you want to be abreast of beyond synth stuff then um check out the twitter man and of course facebook.com slash beyond.synth.podcast and soundcloud uh you know that's where all the shows get posted so it's a great place to go and a great place to uh if you have a soundcloud account to uh to like uh, soundcloud.com slash beyond hyphen synth. I guess it's beyond hyphen synth. How about that? And how about this? Let's listen to another song. <laughs> I gotta get better at this, man, because I am not great at segueing to music. All right, here's a cool track. This is by an outfit called Fractal Man, and this is a track called The Last Thinking Machine.
And that was The Last Thinking Machine by Fractal Man. And Fractal Man is a cool combination of words. That's the best part, I think, about Synthwave and this sort of uh, retro-y electronic music, is I like all the band names, because they always involve, like, lasers and retro, and I like Fractal Man. It sounds cool. Don't forget to follow at Power85 Radio. As you know, Beyond Synth is on Power85, Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, and a Saturday replay at 1 and uh, then the shows go uh, to SoundCloud on Monday. So if you want to catch the show early and join the chat, because there's a chat that goes on in the Mixler chat room. If you don't know what Mixler is, that's just a website that allows people to broadcast uh, like uh, radio, like internet radio. And Power 85 is an internet radio station that, that broadcasts uh, synthwave uh, music 24 hours a day. And then Thursdays at 8, we play this show. And Friday days at nine there's another show called project friday hosted by a guy called steve uh it's very different to this show but it's a lot more music heavy so if you just want to listen to synth wave and not listen to a fool talk about playing video games and stuff like that then and interviews of course then check out project friday and check out project friday anyways if you dig this cool music and of course follow them at at project friday fm on twitter there's so much to follow but it's cool if you do because it makes uh, me feel good about myself and that is the important thing today and of course if you go to SoundCloud and you're listening to Beyond Synth on there please like the shows please comment Um, It's always good to see people sort of active uh, on the shows, and I like, uh, you know, responding to things like that, unless you're an asshole, and then if you are, fuck you. I don't want to hear your bullshit. If there was some way that I could still do this show, still get feedback and, and talk to people, but somehow also not be on the internet... Uh, and I know it's impossible. The more... Every day, it's like... The internet is the coolest and shittiest thing at the same time. And I always have uh, difficulty with it. You know, because one day I'll be watching hilarious videos and uh, seeing funny comments and stupid memes and talking to cool people who I could have only met through the internet. And then I'm like, oh, the internet is the greatest thing ever, right? I mean, I found this community... And all this, and it's uh, and it's really cool. And then, then you're just bombarded by so much awful stuff and negativity. And those days, the internet gets me down. And I'm like, oh fuck the internet! Like I just see horrible things, and I'm like, God, you're just reminded of how shitty everything is. And then, of course, oftentimes you're you just both. You know, it's like one minute you see a shitty thing, next thing you see a fucking cute kitten video or kittens hanging out with puppies and stuff. And uh, and then you're like, oh, everything's okay. And then, like, the next thing is just a string of videos about police brutality and all this other stuff. And then, uh, and then we get a cute video of uh, puppies running really fast on, like, a hardwood floor and then, like, sliding around. And, and then you're like, ah, oh, you know, everything is okay. And, you know, and it also amplifies just weirdos. <laughs> Have you ever commented on anything? You know, I get things from Amazon all the time, and I never comments at all and yet i look at people's comments as if they mean something 
or their reviews of, of their item. And I'm like, I've never reviewed a single thing. But yet, you know, you go to buy something and you see like this one stupid comment and all of a sudden it, it, it holds so much importance. Like, oh, this person's review is so important because it's like one of four there. And, and I'm like, but who goes out of their way to review? I mean, it's a totally different type of person. Anyway, listen. I want to listen to another track. Uh, this is Food for Thought uh, today. Uh, let's listen to a track by Lost Way, and this is called Kinetic.
And that was Kinetic by Lost Way. It's a cool song. Uh, I thought we would uh, check on our Patreon, as I mentioned before. Uh, Beyond Synth now has a Patreon, patreon.com slash beyondsynth, and that is a way you can donate to the show and support it. And I appreciate it. We got some goals on there. We'll probably never meet, but it's... (laughs) It's nice to have goals. Uh, They make me feel good. So let's see what's new on Patreon. That is, of course, Hoo-Ha with the Patreon jingle. Uh, As you know, Hoo-Ha does all the jingles on Beyond Synth, and he just released uh, an album, which you can check out, and it is just the long-form versions of all the jingles that are on the show, which is pretty cool. They're cool tracks. So, what is new on Patreon? Well, of course, I want to shout out to uh, all my returning donors. We got Nox Bello, and a Lunar Baboon, and a Zikarax, and a Eric Valerio. And, uh, of course, my lovely um, $5 donors. You know who you are, my special people who are who are very fantastic. You know, you got your Joey Bergerons and your Florence Bullocks and your Joe Ozones. And we got some... Uh, and Kai... We actually got some a bunch of new donors this week. I, <laughs> I got to learn how to read this list. Uh, and thank you guys, of course, for your donations. It's uh, it's really cool. And we got Roman Miranov, new $5 donor. Uh, thank you very much for donating to the show, Roman Miranov. I don't know if I've ever seen you in the chat or how you uh, know about the show. You know, a lot of people, sometimes they message me and I don't, uh, I don't remember you, man. So, you know, drop me a line and uh, tell me about it yourself. But uh, thank you for donating, Roman. I appreciate it. And, of course, you will be getting early streaming access to um, all new episodes of Beyond Synth. And also, uh, we got some new $1 donors this week. We got Lucas Sebalos. Or Sebalos? How would you say that? Lucas Sebalos. That name sounds familiar. Did you win a prize once when I was, like, giving away download codes? Was that the same guy? Let me know. I guess... There's so many names now. I've got like a huge spreadsheet of stuff I've got to remember. But thank you very much, Lucas, uh, for your donation. I appreciate it. And Brendan Kellum. Thanks, Brendan, for your donation. I appreciate it. Of course, all of you guys uh, for donating. It means a lot. And it really, uh, you know, it's going to help out the show uh, because I got stupid administration fees. I've got SoundCloud accounts and all this other stuff, and so these donations are uh, are very helpful. And uh, if we reach the goal, then we're going to be adding sort of more features to the show. So thanks again to all my lovely donors and new donors, Lucas and Brendan, and of course, uh, $5 Roman. I'm going to call you $5 Roman. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you so much for donating. And, of course, Project Friday. You know, Project Friday uh, is uh, also a sponsor of the show. Uh, but it's Project Friday. The st- but what am I? Blah, 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 blah. Thanks, Steve. Anyways, let's listen to some more music. All right. This was sent to me by Surgery Head. And this is a track called Strike Midnight.
And that was Strike Midnight by Surgery Head. And uh, that's a cool song. You know, we've been listening to some nice, you know, synthwave tunes, so it's always nice to throw in some crazy, just dark, heavy stuff, which uh, is always fun to uh, balance the show. All right, so how about this? We're going to uh, do things a little differently this week, and we're just going to go to my conversation with Fempop right now. And, of course, uh, stick around after my conversation with Fempop, because we're going to listen to more cool music and do some more of the Beyond Synth features. So, here is my conversation with Fempop. I am here with Fempop, a.k.a. Margaret O'Sullivan, is that correct? That's right, yeah. Very Irish name. And Fempop is your middle name? Yeah. (laughs) No, my middle name is Mary. So where are you uh, zoned right now? I'm in Cork in Ireland for my sins. Because <laughs> I left, but I had to come back, so... Do you say Cork? Cork, yeah. It's the second biggest city in Ireland after Dublin. Cork? Yeah. Like like the cork in a wine bottle? Yeah, haven't you ever heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Oh my God. I've never heard of Cork. God, it's the second biggest city in Ireland, yeah. Shame on you. Tell me about Cork. Cork is the city that I left when I was 19 years old. And it's a nice city, but um, I spent most of my, you know, 20, you know, you know, the decade from like 20 to 30 in England. So um, it's a nice city. People are friendly, but I think if you're anyway ambitious, you might get a bit frustrated here. What's the population of Cork? The population is, what is it again? It's around... 200,000 people. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, Ireland's not that big, is it? No, the population of Ireland is like 5 million. Right. Dublin has like over a million, and then it will be Cork, and then I think uh, (laughs) Galway. So now you know the history of Ireland. (laughs) The geography of Ireland. Ah, Cork, that's awesome. Yeah, Cork, I'm a god, that's that's the first, because everyone says to me, oh, I know Cork very well, you know. Oh, yeah, well, it's all new. We're learning everything today here, so that's good. Where are you based? I'm in Toronto. Oh, I've heard of Toronto. I'd love to visit Toronto. Not the capital of Canada, but the biggest city. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. But Canada's just... It's very spread out. Yeah. So, you know, although the land mass is huge, the population really isn't that big. Oh, right. God. It seems like a really nice country. Uh, yeah, it's okay. The weather's all right today. It seems very peaceful, I suppose, when you compare it to America, you know, and the gun culture in America. Yeah. And then <laughs> right beside it is like Canada, and it seems really kind of peaceful. Sometimes I wonder, though, you know, I mean, like some of those might be cultural, but then also we just have a fraction of their population. Oh, right. Yeah. And I wonder if that also plays into I mean, yes, we do have less of that sort of gun culture, but, you know, there's still pricks rocking around. Like, there's oh, of still, course. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, we have, like, about 30 million oh, right. population, and the States has, like, 300 and something. Oh, right. So, oh. I don't know. I've never really done the research to see if the percentages are the same, because, you know, you'll always see those statistics, like, just like, oh, like, 10,000 people got blown away this month in the States. Yes. Yeah, and then yeah. I'm like, okay, well, uh, you know, if 100 people got blown away in Canada, that is that percentage. My math is shit, by the way. So I should <laughs> join the club. <laughs> I shouldn't be. <laughs> I shouldn't be talking about percentages. Oh, don't worry about it. So you you lived in Cork and then you left. Yes. And then you came back to Cork. 
Yes, because I had, uh, like, I broke up with my partner of 10 years in January. So, like, all my instruments are in England as well. So, I've had to kind of start again because Mm. um, I'm moving to Spain in September. So, yeah, I spent most of my, like, all my gigging years, I spent mostly in England. Right. Was England all right for you? Oh, I love England. Yeah, especially London. London is my favorite place, I think that I've lived yeah I kind of moved around a lot I lived in Nottingham and Leicester I lived in Scotland Glasgow as well so I'm kind of a bit of a gypsy I suppose yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that's cool so so now what's happening in your life then your life has like been rebooted is that what's going on yes yeah, so like you know I'm buying a new laptop I'm buying oh I bought a push as well a push too which I'm really excited about and I'm also working on my live set which is going to take a lot of planning and uh, organizing yeah 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 because I'm always like for the past say 20 years I've been using guitar so on stage it was always my guitar but now I'm using um, a lot of synth sounds and keyboards so having to do that on stage I've had to think about everything again you know well because I was going back and sort of listening to some of your stuff yeah and there was quite a shift from you have like your first EP yes and then the sound sort of is very very different now Oh, completely, yeah. So what what precipitated that sort of change? Well, I think it was, I don't know, it's really strange. This sounds really cheesy because a lot of people say this, but I heard the Drive soundtrack. <laughs> it was college. And I don't know, it just completely blew me away. I remember the very most, you know, the instant I was listening to it. Mm-hmm. And... I just said to myself, God, I've got to write music like this. You know, I wanted to use those sounds and create that kind of dreamy, kind of just beautiful sound. So I think that was the main thing. Yeah, I should uh, edit together all the people that have ever said that on this show. Yeah, I didn't want to say that, but I had to, you know. It's like, no, I don't want to be part of that club, but no. But I always listened to electronic music as well before, like Lady Tron, um, La Tigra. Mm -hmm. And there was, like in my very first first band when I was 15 to 19 there was a keyboard player and he was obsessed with you know electronic music Mm -hmm. and he was always saying oh do you want to do this you know part time with me and I, I would sing over his you know electronic tunes so it was always there in the background and then when I heard college it was like boom I've got to just do this full time well it's a you know college you're good amazing yeah. <laughs> a real hero it was just like oh my god amazing okay we're gonna listen to uh one of your songs here and then maybe you can uh, talk a bit about it okay okay so this is a track called not that kind oh right yeah and uh so we're gonna listen to this this is not that kind by fempop
That was Not That Kind by Fempop, and I'm here with Fempop right now, Margaret O'Sullivan. Yes, I'm here. So yeah, talk to me about that track. Not That Kind, that was like a a collaboration I did with uh, Robert Parker, and um, I remember he sent me a couple of tunes, and I picked this one because I just thought it was amazing. I wrote the lyrics, and I sent them back to him, and it just kind of stemmed from there. But it was great working with Robert Parker as well because I really admire him and all the people I have worked with, so it was great. So how did you get in contact with him? Uh, it was through email. I think um, we kind of hooked up that way because that's the way I always do it now. Um, so I think he said, oh, would you like to sing on one of my tunes? And I said, sure. And so he sent me, I think it was five or six melodies. And I thought, okay, this one is brilliant. So I got to work in it. I think it was that within the week and all these lyrics just came out and um, it was just a very natural process. So if you're using like an ancient laptop, what are you... Uh... I've written my whole... I wrote my whole album on this laptop, it's like so I'm really proud of that fact. <laughs> because it's, it's like, it's, it's a totally old banger of a laptop, so... Then what software are you using? Like, can it run new stuff? Yeah, well, I have a Tascam and I used... I recorded my vocals onto that. Oh, okay, okay. And then, yeah, I sent that MP3 back to Robert and uh, he mixed it. So, right. yeah, and mastered it. That's why it sounds so polished, you know, it sounds really uh, polished, that track. I wrote a lot of my songs on FL Studio, like Astrogate and all those other songs from the album I wrote on that and from the EP as well, Underground. So yeah, I was using FL Studio, but now I'm going to move to um, Ableton. So I'm learning, you see, I'm learning all this as I go along. So what was the first, like, was FL Studio the first kind of music software you were using? Yeah, it's the first DAW I was using, yes, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm just getting to grips with that because I'm very old school. Hmm. I was using, you know, guitars, as I said before, so all this computer-based technology is all new to me as well. You know, you're saying you were listening to college, so then you, did you stumble upon the sort of the synth wave that way? Because obviously if you got in touch with, like, Robert Parker and I know you've done sort of collaborations with other yeah I mean the first person I really really heard that I was like totally mad about in this whole synthwave scene was Cougar Synth and Time Cop 1983 because mm-hmm. um, I wrote those two songs with Geordie first it was Timescapes was the first entry after 1983 into this kind of synth um, club or the synth scene yeah. <laughs> and um He's been really helpful as well because even today, you know, if I'm unsure about how to use some technology, he's always given me some, you know, tips on what to do. So he's he's been kind of like a mentor as well in using this new technology. When I wrote those songs at Time Cop, um, all these kind of offers just started coming. So it was very, you know, it was a natural progress again. So uh, why Femme Pop? Femme Pop was inspired by La Tigra. I wanted something punchy and um, feminist. So I, I use that name, Fan Pop. So you do perform live now, right? No, I, my last gig was actually, I'm ashamed to say, 2011. Was that as Fempop? That was as Fempop, yeah. Fempop really started in 2008. I did release a demo CD in 2005, 2004, but I also did other stuff. But the official um, commercial re- release was the Kiki P in 2008 from Fempop, yeah. You mentioned it before, so maybe we will uh, we'll take a listen to it. 
Let's listen to the track Timescapes. Okay. And then maybe we can talk more about that. But this is Timescapes. <laughs> I love the way you said that. Timescapes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very dramatic.
And that was Timescapes by Fempop. Timescapes. It's <laughs> it's just fun to say. I got this new microphone, so. Oh, lovely. What mic is this? Uh, it's a Shure SM7B. Oh. It's a cool. fucking expensive microphone. <laughs> oh, was it? I bet it was, yeah. 500 bucks. Whoa, that is a lot, but God, it's worth it, I say. I was only looking at microphones last night. I was using some other microphones and I did sort of a test and uh, the SM7B just records in a way that seems to eliminate some of like the harsh annoying frequencies. Oh uh, right yeah. And it almost has like an inbuilt like de-esser which is nice. I mean I don't think it does I think it's just because it's a really expensive microphone It sounds very rich. But it's fun to talk into especially like right up close What is it? Is this sure? Can I, I'm just going to write that down. SM7B Okay cool I'm going to look that up See I was against it for a while. Why? Because it records at a very low volume, so you need a good preamp. Oh, right, yeah. Um, now, mind you, I'm actually not using a preamp right now, and it's plugged directly into my interface. Oh, right. But I have to turn the volume all the way to full to get a signal, and then I do a bunch of post-processing afterwards. And then it's processed again when the show goes on Power 85 to raise the volume. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, at first I was like, oh, fuck this microphone. And I sent it back. <laughs> oh, Even no. though I know it's like, a, it's like a famous microphone. Like they always go like, oh, Michael Jackson used this microphone or whatever. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. And then I was talking to the dudes from The Midnight and uh, the singer from The Midnight, Tyler Lyle. He, he, you know, he was talking about using the mic. And then I was just like, ah, it's, it, it annoys me or whatever. Ever, but then I, for some reason, that conversation made me want to go get it again. All right, cool. So you stuck with it this time. Yeah. That's cool, though. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really good microphone, but they're expensive. Like, it, it is like 500 bucks Canadian, and I do not have a budget for it. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, um, gear is so expensive. Like, you know, that push thing I got, the push to. Mm. Like, that cost me, I think it was... Um, it was 300 euro, but it could have been 800 euro. But I asked them for a musician discount, so I got like 400 euro marked off it. But like, you know, even my laptop, that cost a thousand euro. I mean, it's a lot of money, isn't it, when you start buying gear? Oh, yeah. And then I, t you know, I go on Facebook and I see all these artists with, you know, this is my 10th keyboard or my 10th synth. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like they must have the best jobs in the world or something. Also, too, when it's your full time hobby, I mean, you know, people pay thousands of dollars for, you know, golf clubs and memberships or, you know, building a man cave with a pool table. And, you know, some people uh, collect keyboards. Yes, of course. Yeah. I think when you enter into the whole electronic world as well, there's so many things you need. Yes. You know, when I was using my um, guitar, it was just me and my guitar, so it was fine. I mean, I'd probably pay 600 euro for a nice guitar, but then I'd have it for 10 years or something. And But it's just strange having to start buying all this um, electronic technology, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole new world to me. But yeah. Well, it's exciting though, right? Oh, it's amazing. I mean... It's just blowing my mind, actually, the whole push to. I keep talking about it because it's just my life at the moment. I'm just, like, <laughs> learning all about it. So, yeah, it's just... No, it's brilliant. I can't wait to play live, to be honest with you. I guess we started talking, but we never actually talked about the track. So tell me... <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell me, tell me about Timescapes. Timescapes uh, was the first song I wrote after 1983. And it was with Jordi. And again, it was um, just via email. We had this nice conversation. And then he said, oh... 
oh, I have this tune and then it just kind of worked from there again. And it just comes really naturally. I mean, these songs, these tunes are so good. It's easy to come up with a vocal melody and lyrics. So again, it worked like that as with, you know, Robert Parker. So what is like the the fuel for you sort of lyrically? Oh, it would be life, life, life. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Just experience, personal experiences and, uh, you know, I think, you know, society, how life affects me as a musician, as a woman, I, you know, feminism is very strong. It's one of my passions. So it will be real things, you know, right. real kind of political issues. Um, I do believe in having fun, but I think there's got to be so much more to music than just having fun, you know. I mean, it's nice if you can kind of educate and get things out there as well into the public sphere. Have you uh, written any songs about Cork? Uh, yeah, but I haven't I haven't uh, published them because they're too uh, rude, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so I better not release that. It's tricky too finding like rhyming words. Yeah, dork. That would I be guess. Is that word. it though? Yeah. <laughs> Lork? No, it's not a word. I can think of another one as well, but it's a bit rude, so I won't say it. What rhymes with cork? Dork. You know, nork? No, I don't know what that is. And that's, I think, British slang for uh, breasts. Nork? Yeah, N-O-R-K. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have my ex-boyfriend thank for that. <laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah, norks. Hmm. So you've learned something today. <laughs> I've learned a lot today. Yeah. I've learned about cork and norks. This is great. Yeah, oh my god. What a great conversation. <laughs> hey, what's this about uh, getting on Japanese music charts? Oh yeah, that's um what is his name? George Williams show. Basically, he really likes my music and every song I send him, he plays it on his show and it's the only show in Japan in Tokyo where they play kind of western music and uh, they have a chart and a lot of my songs hit number one on this chart. Well, how did he find your music? You know, I can't remember because it was during Beautiful Boy Time, so that would have been 2013, 2012. So I think um, it was through the internet, you know, I might have found his radio show online and then I sent him the actual beautiful boy mp3 and he just keeps saying oh send me more and more and more i think that's it but he's an amazing guy he, oh, he he's so supportive well that's cool yeah it's really cool because my brother lives in tokyo and he heard my music over there so it's really cool when you think about things like that you know yeah <laughs> he's kind of eating his dinner in the middle of tokyo and his sister is playing on the radio so it kind of means a lot it's cool so uh moving sort of forward in time here we got the uh, the underground ep oh yes yeah so uh talk to me about the titular underground track that was inspired by london and suede as well the lyrics are very like a suede song i don't know if you remember them they're still around again i wrote that on my laptop through fl studio um, I think I had so much fun writing that track because there's lots of different layers to it. And I wanted it to be kind of electronic based as opposed to kind of a retro synth because I'd like to kind of branch out a bit more. Right. I think it's kind of fresh. And I think, you know, the video as well that I had made with my friend Sharon Graham, I think the video reflects that as well.
And that was Underground by Fempop. And I am chatting with Fempop right now. Uh, so talk to me about feminism, man. You post a lot of feminist things. Yes. I see that's what your feed is is full of. So this is yes, your, this is your is, passion. Yeah. Yeah, it's my passion, and I think I think it's my passion because from the age of fifteen, it's always affected me. And my, you know, my greatest love is music, mm-hmm. so it's it's always affected me kind of head on. Right. So I think it's just important to talk about it because there's so much more that needs to be done. I've come across things, you know, every day that kind of, you know, in a way kind of hold me back. But, you know, it's good again, you know, to push against that. Are you the type of person that would like read news articles that would annoy you to be annoyed? Uh, no, I'm not. Sometimes it depends what mood I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I always read those articles because, you know, I do read a lot of I'm very politically aware. I'm really interested in politics. American politics and British politics. So, yeah, I suppose I'm uh, open to that a lot. Because I'm just obsessed with politics, to be honest with you, as well. So Well, there's lots of funny things going on in politics right now. Oh, my God, don't get me started on Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I hate him so much. It's funny, I'm not super political. Like, I don't ever really talk out loud. Like, I've got my opinions. Of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, I'm sort of like a, a liberal-minded dude or whatever, but it's like... I find talking about politics with people is a frustrating thing. Like, I've got my rules of politics and and religion and cats versus dogs are the things I don't talk about with people because the conversations always take a stupid turn. Yes, of course, yeah. never fun. Yeah, it's like choosing your battles, isn't it? It's like, um... Because sometimes people don't realize... You know, when when there's these things that are sort of like deep-seated or they're from their childhood, I mean, for the most part, everyone I know seems to get their political ideals from their parents. Oh. I've, I, like, I've, I've encountered a lot of that. Now, obviously, there's like people who rebel against the opinions of their parents. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then there's a lot of people I know, I think with when it comes to like conservative ideals where they're sort of instilled by their parents. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I, like I agree with you there. That's very true. Yeah. And I don't I don't know why that is necessarily. But it, sometimes when things are so ingrained, like in their childhoods or their youth, it's so hard to like separate it and, and have like a reasonable argument. I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. And it's very hard to, you know, persuade people because, you know. I know, I do agree you have to be careful about what you say and you're not going to really change someone's views, are you? I mean, if they're very, very, you know, if they, you know, everyone thinks that they're right, don't they, in the end, I think. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's the same thing with the cats versus dogs, which is (laughs) what I learned over time was that it's actually a lifestyle decision, but people don't realize that it is. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. And that's why people are so sensitive about it. See, I'm I'm more of a cat person, personally. (laughs) So am I. But the reason is, mm-hmm. and this is a weird reason, is because you kind of give what you get with cats. Yeah, that's true. So when people complain that like, oh, cats, you know, they're little pieces of shit and they don't, they only love you when you feed them and all this. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. yeah, but it's perfect because then you have this little animal walking around your house and, you know, they'll spend time with you. But then, you know, they can go away and you're kind of like, ah, oh, whatever, you know, they'll be back. Like, Yeah, they're independent, aren't they? Yeah, and I like that because I'm independent. You know, I, I yeah. want to do my own thing and I don't want to be burdened necessarily by, like, because I find with dogs, they require more of you. They do, yeah. And they're more emotional. Like, you know, when a dog whines yeah. for food... 
Yeah. They look very sad, and it's hard to say no. Like, they looks like they're going to cry, you know, like when they're... <laughs> it does, and yeah. And cats look, look like little demons. So, like, mm. whenever cats are, big, are, like, meowing for food and you look at them, you can just be like, get out of here. Yeah. Because they, they can they take look it, evil, can't they? You know? <laughs> Whereas dogs can't. They're like, mm, they're kind of dopey and, you know, to me. <laughs> what would you say, though, then... When it comes to sort of feminist issues, like, what do you think is, is there any sort of like misconceptions or things that you try and sort of explain? Because everybody I know, yeah, you know, are all reasonable people or like who my friends are anyways, who consider ourselves, I wouldn't call myself a feminist, but of course I want equal rights and I don't want women to feel uncomfortable and all this stuff. Yeah. But I feel like sometimes there's always, there's another level to it that, you know, you know, you, you can't get as a guy, like, you know, as I just, cause there's certain things I just have not experienced. Of course, yeah. I mean, I just think everybody, male, female, I think they should be kind of... I mean, I just see it as, as a form of humanism, you know? It's just like, it exists because we don't have the same rights or privileges as guys do, you know what I mean? Right. So I think it's just important to be aware of these things, and especially when it affects you musically or whatever job you're doing. I don't understand how, especially with women, how it can't not affect their life you know right and guys too really it's just crazy when you actually go into it when you actually read about everything it kind of there's a lot of reading and research to do in it really I suppose but I know I know it can get people's backs up because it's got people's backs up since I, I became I'm aware of feminism you know what I mean mm-hmm. I have four brothers I mean it's funny because they're all very feminist as well and my my boyfriends have been like actually my uh, first boyfriend he got me into Riot Girl and he was into Bikini Kill and he was into Kathleen Hanna like he introduced them to me so it was very interesting because he's a guy but he's probably the biggest feminist I've ever known so it's crazy you know it's, it's, it's kind of cool well let's listen to another song how about that yeah let's go for it <laughs> alright so this is a track called The Game by Fempop
And that was The Game by Fempop. And I'm uh, here with Fempop right now, Margaret O'Sullivan. Hello. So talk to me about that track. Okay, the game uh, was written by me and this amazing band from France called Chronica. I actually approached them first because I heard one of their tracks on their SoundCloud and uh, we got to work with each other that way. But again, the lyrics are very kind of rebellious. They're all about, I'm not going to play by your rules and if you don't like it, tough, because that's who I am. So I wanted to get that across because it's a really kind of poppy song, yet the lyrics are very kind of rebellious and kind of... F-U, if you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. <laughs> I know what F-U stands for. Yeah, of course. No, but it's a nice, uh, <laughs> I thought, you know, contrast in the song. So how much of the production then, because I know like several of your tracks are, you know, these collaborations. Yes. So with uh, Underground, how much was that sort of production from the ground up from you? It was all me. All the songs I do myself are me. And the only, you know, Gavin Monaghan, he masters them then. But it's all set out on my FL studio. And then I sent him uh, the track separately and the demo of how I wanted to sound and... Uh, he just masters it. He doesn't add anything in. Sometimes he does, like he added a bit of echo on one of the vocals for There Is A Place. So um, it's all much done on my laptop, yeah, the production and the mixing as well. Are you excited to get your new laptop? Yeah, I mean, it seems to be all I'm talking about at the moment. Because, yeah, because I just want to, you see, I have it all mapped out in my head. My laptop is for the next album and for the gigs. I'm planning gigs in September as well. So um, I'm planning to go to a rehearsal space in Cork, take my laptop and um, my MIDI keys, etc. And get a set going, you know, a 30 to 40 minute set, I think. What are you going to do with the... Uh with the old one I'm going to keep it it's still going to be my little my little old laptop so who who turned you on to Ableton I turned myself onto it because I just thought and I just thought it would work much better live because FL Studio doesn't seem to work that good as well with um, you know using it uh, live right yeah so I you know YouTube is brilliant it's just there's so many videos on there um, tutorial videos so um, I did a lot of research there and it just seemed like the natural progression especially with the push too as well but again I'm going to have to learn it all from the ground up you know so that's a big thing do you have a lot of time I mean do you have like a proper job yeah I do I teach English um, that's why I'm moving to Spain as well because I'm, I'm, I've got a job there in a school teaching English as a foreign language okay so that's what I do but during the summer now I've been teaching online with a lot of um, Chinese companies so it kind of like you have a lot of free time because I might be teaching from 8 o'clock in the morning till 1 and they're all half hour classes right and then I might have the afternoon or the evening free or it kind of works out that way so that's fun so you get to teach people English with like an Irish accent yeah <laughs> it's funny <laughs> as well because all these Chinese people have American accents because they've all learned English from Americans you know right so it's very interesting. Well, it's a funny idea. Like, I like the idea. <laughs> like Chinese people walking around speaking English with an Irish accent. Yeah. About... Hello there now. How are you? You know, in, in like in Beijing or something, saying, let's have a cup of tea. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny because, I mean, I've got uh, like relatives in France. And oh, so wow. when they learn English, they speak English with a British accent. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. So I always, I always find that interesting. Yeah, it is. No, it is very interesting. Yeah. How'd you get into that? My brothers, they're all they're all professors and lecturers and teachers so 
I got into that because I used to do a lot of customer service jobs and I hated them. Mm. So then I started teaching when I did my degree in um, London. There was a school across the road who offered me the opportunity and ever since then I've been doing teaching as a foreign language. Right, right, right. But I love it because, um, you know, it can be rewarding. So it's a good money earner. Was there any, like, push from your family to be a professor like your other brothers? Or Oh, yeah, there is, because I'm kind of the um, crazy person in the, in the family, you know, because, you know, being a musician, it's not very stable, is it? Mm. It's hard to get, you know, uh, you know, a lot of money through writing music all the time. In fact, you don't. So they're kind of say, oh, come on, Mags, when are you going to get a proper job? All this crap. <laughs> As it is with much, uh, you know, if you're anywhere artistic, it's so hard to kind of, you do your degree, maybe you do it in English literature or whatever, or art, and then it's very hard to try to, you know, earn through that sometimes, you know, because um, if I was a banker or something, maybe better. <laughs> I'm rambling I here. <laughs> I love, because everyone does the same thing and I do it too. <laughs> That bankers are the opposite of artists. Yeah, they are, and accountants are. <laughs> I love that. I never really thought about it until now, but yeah, whenever I have to do an excuse or like make a, an example of like the opposite of an artist, it's always, I mean, yeah. you can be a fucking banker. <laughs> like, it's always a banker. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, cliche. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I think it's because they're so, you know, methodical. Mm. They plan everything out because they're, they're bankers. Yeah. So, so they're evil. <laughs> when I... <laughs> I used to, uh, when I was doing like temp jobs, yeah. when I first moved to the city and, and one of them, I worked at the bank, um, amending tax returns or something stupid. Oh God. Yeah. And, uh, I got a briefcase and I took a briefcase to work, but I just had my lunch in it. <laughs> That's so funny. Because <laughs> I did <laughs> Because I never cared. Like, whenever I work in... I've, I mean, I actually went worked at a bank again for a few years, but not as a person up front. There's, like, in the basement where you sort the money that comes through. The, yeah. So you're basically just... It's like a, like a little sweatshop of, like... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Tables yeah. and boxes of money. And, um, yeah, it's just that whole corporate environment I could never take seriously because they, they take it very seriously. And it's just a completely different mentality, isn't it, from, you know, the artistic or creative mentality, I think. Yeah, it's it's a stupid one. Well, no, because everyone was very serious about uh, having like these weekly meetings and and uh, you'd get together and they would discuss things and there was always these breaks in the work to do like these stupid presentations and like like it's hard for me to fake an interest or care about stuff that to me seems unimportant. Yeah. So and that's what the whole all these sort of things they do at the bank and all these dumb meetings and it's like they're talking about oh you need, you work hard and then you can move up and do this and like yeah 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 we're working in the basement like cutting open envelopes <laughs> like you think I'm gonna be the fucking president of the bank like what exactly do you think? I know I know I know it's crazy <laughs> I know exactly what you mean <laughs> let's listen to another track here this is one called Celestial by Fempop.
And that was Celestial by Fem Pop. And I'm here. Well, I did. <laughs> I just did the popping pee. Uh, and I'm here right now with uh, Femme Pop, Margaret O'Sullivan. Hello. Uh, talk to me about that track. Celestial, again, that was with uh, Calex. And uh, that seems to be my most successful song uh, on SoundCloud, actually. There's like 15,000 plays to it now, which is great. But again, uh, good old Calex, uh, he sent me his melody, his lovely tune, and uh, I actually wrote that in the same night. I kind of set up my microphone and sang in front of the window and looked up at the sky, and um, those lyrics came out like that as well. But this was strange, this song, because he, this was the first time, like when I, when I write lyrics to a song, I always uh, have my own agenda for the lyrics. But uh, Calix said, could you follow this storyline? So he wanted something a bit, you know, uh, futuristic and kind of spacey. So I just kind of wrote the song about that. Is that any stuff you have uh, interest in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in space and NASA and all that. I'd love to be an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> I would. <laughs> So what does Margaret Fempop O'Sullivan do for fun? Oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> I do loads of things for fun. I, I like to dance. I like to party. I like dancing. I love dancing, I suppose. In Cork? Yeah, not so much in Cork. Um, I'm going dancing tonight, actually, I think. But um, yeah, I mean, I like to go for a drink. Obviously, that's cliche. I'm Irish. <laughs> I have a pint of Guinness, not because I hate Guinness. I like uh, champagne and I like wine. They do have lager in Ireland, right? Yeah, yeah, they do, okay. yeah. <laughs> I always just get the impression that it's all just the thick soup beer, like <laughs> no, in the Guinness. No, stuff. it's not. Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> I've never been to Ireland, so... Haven't you? Okay, you must you must uh, come and visit. Well, it seems cool. It is. No, it's really nice. It's it's a really nice country. Um, it's very liberal, and um, I, I think a lot of the people are uh, kind of well-educated, so that's kind of good as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The difference, you know, Ireland and England are very near each other, but there is a lot of differences. Mind you, I haven't traveled in a long time, but I had been to England because I always, I mean, I watch a lot of like British TV and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I always really liked my time in England and just hearing people speak and stuff. It was good because I was a kid. I used to watch like Doctor Who and shit all the time. So, oh, like, yeah, I love that. Yeah. All these things sort of went into my brain. Yeah, no, English TV is brilliant. Like, there was a program on the 70s called Sapphire and Steel. Yes, yeah. That's one of my favorite as well I love that science fiction so yeah did you ever get um, because in Canada we got a lot of British TV Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean less so now I mean it's mostly American but um, so we always had these weird trippy children's shows oh cool that came from England like you know like the stop frame animation ones oh right yeah and I just I don't know if like did they ship those over to Ireland too I I remember um, well I mean the one was super grand but then oh super grand naughty like there was this naughty cartoon it was from the 70s I think but we always got stuff a few years later like if it was an import and it was so awesome because like the kids shows now they're not as dark you know that's what I miss that's what I'm really interested in is these um 70s and 80s kind of English productions of like really dark science fiction-y children's programs. Mm -hmm. So I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, there's a book called Marianne's Dreams and it's based from a 1960s really dark story called, um, I can't remember what it's called, but I just finished it and it's a really dark children's program. So yeah, I'll have to let you know about it because it's brilliant. Yeah, there was just some really 
neat and trippy things. You know, yeah, like, yeah. when my son watches kids TV now, it's all very fluff. I mean, it's more educational. Like yeah. some of the kids channels here, like all the shows have some sort of educational aspect to them. Yes. And maybe some of the shows I watched as a kid didn't, but they were cooler shows. Yeah, there was like more for the imagination, wasn't there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that bit of that element of fear as well. You know, you know, scariness in in programs is really important for children. I think there was this episode of Naughty, and it's it's. I actually can't find it. I haven't heard of that. Naughty. It's a. Uh, he's a little boy. He's got like a like a yellow or red hat. I can't hold on. What color was his hat? Uh, <laughs> it with a little bell on it. And he's he's friends with sort of a elf guy. Oh and right. And he drives around in a little yellow car. I do feel like some of the characters might have been sort of like racial archetypes. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> maybe certain aspects oh, of it right. might not translate today. Yeah, yeah. In the seventies one, it was like it had some episodes that were super creepy because there was this character called Gobbo the Goblin. Oh my god. And there's one episode where he makes naughty drive him home late at night and Naughty doesn't want to do it because he's got to go through the dark woods. Oh, wow. And then he goes into the dark woods and then exactly what he thought was going to happen happens with the goblins come out and like ransack his car. Oh, cool. And then, <laughs> and then Naughty has to like escape the forest and he just See, runs home. that sounds really cool. I'm going to look that up, you know. But it's hard to find. Like there's certain animations that I don't know if the company just doesn't exist. And because there was, there's two shows that I just can't find that I watched as a kid. Now that's one of them. Mm-hmm. I have an yeah. old VHS tape that I digitized, but the quality of it's so bad. Oh, really? That it's like, Okay, it exists, and I I can watch it if I want to. But it would be great to get them remastered. Like you can get um, like Paddington Bear yes, on DVD, yeah. like the one from the '80s, and it's like you know looks great because it's they digitized the film or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was two shows. There was this one called Yeah, it was Naughty, and this other one called Flower Stories. Flower Stories. This is strange. I normally know all these things. This Flower is crazy. Stories was about James the Cat. He was a black and white cat. The art style of the show looked kind of like like a watercolor painting. It was very, like, hippie, sort of. Oh, right. It's got a great theme song. Oh, no, I'm going to look that up. I'm going to look those both up now. And if I if I can find them for you, I will. Flower Stories and Naughty. I'm going to look those up. The only thing I found for Flower Stories is somebody does a cover of the song. Really? And it's all, like, Arabic writing. That's really strange because most of those programs, you can get DVD issues of them now, you know? Yeah, it's just really It's weird because the same with Naughty. You can get different versions of Naughty. Like, there was a CGI, like, animated one that came out later. Yeah. But the one that I like is the one from it might be like 1978 or something oh right okay I mean before I was born but like we got those shows later but yeah I can't fucking I can't find it it drives me nuts (laughs) that's annoying because I do that too there's loads of children's programs that I really liked and they're really dark like um, the Box of Delights, that was one. It was more of a drama, though, and it came out at Christmas time. Box of Delights. <laughs> yeah, the Box of Delights. It's amazing. You have to watch it. It's really dark. Yeah, it's funny. Like I, I feel like they just don't make shows like that anymore. They're kind of very, as you were saying, educational, but they're kind of very safe, aren't they? Yeah, safe. That's a good word, you know. Because my son, you know, he watches these new kids shows, and you know, maybe they're more educational than the stuff I watched. But at the end of the day, you know, robots that turn into cars are just cooler. Yes. You know, I think people just need to look back and remember, like, what it was like to be a kid. You know, remember what you liked 
as a kid, you know, because I feel the same way about parents who, um, you know, give their children stupid names, you know, and, and it's frustrating because I always think like, well, weren't you a kid? Like, don't you remember what school was like, what you were like? Yeah, it seems like people yeah, don't yeah, yeah. remember. And so if you name your kid like, oh, we're, we're going to call him, you know, like a tree breeze or something. <laughs> Or then, Pearl or something. Yeah, well then you're like, okay, maybe it's like a pretty name. You're just going to get your kid beat up. Yeah, I know. It's true. And I, I know in a perfect world, you know, a kid would go to school and he wouldn't be teased and everything would be fine. But it's yeah, not that way. Yeah. And that's No, of course not. The way kids socialize and the way they do things. And it's weird when people don't remember. Like if, if some kid comes in with some goofy ass name, it's going to be an issue. Or when people do unique spellings. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I hate that. And I get it. Like, you know, someone wants to give their kid a unique name. That kid for the rest of his life is going to have to spell his name to people every time. That's true. No, that's true. You know, it's like, you know, a lot of these celebrities as well, you know, they name their children like um, stupid names, don't they? Like... Uh, Blanket. Yeah, or petal bomb or something stupid yeah. like that. <laughs> and you do, you know, you, you have to sympathize with the poor kid, you know? Well, because you know common sense and your own experience would tell you that it's going to be an issue. Yes. I mean, my wife has a name like that where everyone always doesn't know how to spell it. Yeah. And I see the frustration in that, you know? Or worse, uh, you know, those parents who, like, dress their kids up like fools. Yes, yes. I remember seeing, like, there was a sort of goth family and they, like their kid was wearing like a little top hat or something just like what the fuck are you doing like because that's quite bad as well because you're imposing your own kind of views on that child you yeah. know what I mean and that's that's terrible as well isn't it you know yeah <laughs> fine if you want to dress up like a goth but don't you know expect your kid to you know <laughs> don't expect anyone to no one should <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I used to be a goth when I was a teenager. <laughs> when I was in high school, uh, my first year, I had uh, like long bangs that went past my chin. Oh, cool. And short hair everywhere else. Oh my God, very cool, very no, cool. No, <laughs> no. Very red. I, uh, I've like erased as many photos of that as I possibly could. <laughs> It was terrible. Oh, I'm sure it wasn't. No, oh, no, 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 no. It was. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I, people actually said it was too, and I. It's weird how, when I was young, I had a, a sense of pride that I just don't have now. Yeah, I know that's like, annoying. When, when I was young, like people could actually say, "Your hair is bad," and I'd be like, "Yeah, fuck you." <laughs> Now, anyone says even a slight thing that I take as a slight sort of, you know, offense, and I'll be, like, yeah. at home in the mirror going, oh, fuck. <laughs> so. It just happens, doesn't it? It happens yeah. with age. It does. It's annoying. <laughs> you shouldn't, though. You should still do what you want to do, man. Yeah. You should. <laughs> well, we can probably, like, wrap this up. Is there another song that, like, I didn't play that you like that you want me to, to play? Or? No. I mean, it was a really interesting um, interview because it didn't feel like an interview. It felt like a chat. So it was really natural. I like that better than interviews. No, it, this has been my most uh, enjoyable experience, you know, interview chat. So, yes. yeah, it was cool. <laughs> That's the goal, man. I mean, it's nice to talk to you at last. You know, I've heard a lot about you, so it's cool. Well, I'm a cool guy. <laughs> you are. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, it was good. To, it was uh, nice to meet you and uh, look forward to more 
FM Pop stuff coming, live show coming? Oh, there is a lot more coming, yeah. So I can't wait to get it all out there, and uh, I just want to experiment, so I can't wait. Well, that's cool. When you when you uh, do your live show, are you going to uh, enlist the help of others? I would love to. I would love to. I'd love to play, you know, gigs with the people I've worked with as well. I'd love to do that. But um, I think, you know, I mean, it will be definitely on the uh, cards, as they say. Cool. Well, you have a lovely day. You too, Andy. And it was really nice talking to you. And that was my conversation with Femme Pop. She's cool, and she makes some cool music, so check out her stuff. I should actually do an update to let you guys know, because I did talk about it uh, with Fempop when I was talking about uh, kids' cartoons, and I said I couldn't find old episodes of Naughty, which I still can't, the 1970 version of Naughty, and which is N-O-D-D-Y, just in case it's, there's any confusion. The show's not called Naughty, it's Naughty with Ds. Uh, he's a little kind of elf kid or something. Or is he an elf? He's friends with an elf. Anyways, but there was this other show called Flower Stories, and that's another one I told her I couldn't, couldn't find, and for years it didn't exist, and it just recently uh, popped up on Vimeo, and the original creator of the show, who still has the rights, I guess, to the show, just put them on Vimeo, but they're for rent, and you have to pay like five bucks to rent an episode so I'm I gotta figure something else out there because it's there so that's cool you know when I talk about how the internet can be shitty and the internet can be good uh, I think it's pretty cool that you get to see these things from your past because I am a super nostalgic guy and uh, when I have the opportunity to see things that I remember vaguely as a child it's always really exciting to sort of it's almost like close the loop. You know, it's no longer a memory. It's uh, it's real. And so that is an update on flower stories, an update that none of you give a shit about, except me. <laughs> but <laughs> it's cool nonetheless. Anyways, let's listen to a song, and then um, maybe we'll read some, uh, some junk emails. So here is a track by Aquawave, and this is a track called The Point of No Return.
And that was The Point of No Return by Aquawave. And that's a cool track. Uh, let's get right to it. All right. Uh, let's listen. Uh, let's listen. Well, we'll listen to the junk email theme. As you know, I go through my junk emails, and instead of erasing them like everybody else does, I like to read them because I think they're awesome. And I think the, the stories are uh, so much more complex than they need to be and ridiculous. And I always get a kick out of these. So let's open the junk email folder. And this email is uh, from Mr. John Abo of First Bank of Nigeria. And his email, of course, is firstbank.bank at yahoo.com.hk. Dear Beneficiary, this is a personal email directed to you, and I request that it shall be treated as such. <laughs> this guy doesn't fucking trust me. I am Mr. John Abo, the Director of International Remittance Department of this bank. My boss, Mr. Jacobs, M. Akjigabi, uh, the Managing Director slash CEO of this bank, is now on compulsory leave, and all power have been vested on me to make all international payments. Be informed that the federal government have approved the release of part payment of $7.5 million out of your total funds, which has been in this bank for many years, unclaimed because my boss, Mr. Jacobs Ejigububi, collaboration with the governor of the Central Bank of Nigeria, the CBN, have refused to tell you the truth on how to claim your fund. This is because he has been using the interest accumulated from your fund every year to enrich himself without your knowledge. But that's my money! See, now this guy's got my attention because this fucking Mr. Jacobs is just a piece of shit. All right, he didn't tell me about my fucking money and he's been using it to enrich himself. I want to help you pull out this fund to your bank using easiest and the quickest method. That's a good idea. Which have not been made known to you before. After the transfer, you will confirm the fund in your bank account within five hours the same day. No cost of transfer, COT, and no stoppage from any government departments as the transfer will be done within the bank alone and it is very safe. The method which was introduced to you before is the telegraphic transfer, or TT, for which confirmation was 48 hours. Because of the time factor, petitions could come from various organizations stopping your payment and asking you to pay a huge fee, which would be difficult for you to pay, so that they can benefit from the huge interest your fund generates while still in the bank. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't think a bank fee would be too much of an issue if you got a check for $7.5 million coming. <laughs> like... Yeah, I would pay a bank fee of like a few hundred bucks or a few thousand if it meant that I was about to get a check for 7.5 million. I think that would sort of justify the payment. But my favorite thing is he told me before that the previous guy never told me how to get my money. But then he said that I was introduced to a payment method, which was the TT method or telegraphic transfer. This method is not safe for you because it is not done within the bank alone, as information of the payment would be sent to the central control unit, 
the CCU, of the Federal Ministry of Finance, an office of the Accountant General of the Federation. Wow, this is going through so many people. As a good Christian, <laughs> I have nothing to... <laughs> Why do they always got to bring that into it? You know, you're reading the scam and it's all good. And then there's always the laugh paragraph where it's just like, and as a man of God, you know, and as a good Christian, I have nothing to gain by keeping your fund. I want to assist you to receive your fund before my boss resumes office. Okay. So your boss was on a compulsory leave because he conspired with the central bank of Nigeria to withhold millions of dollars and he's allowed to have his job back. <laughs> You have to follow up and work with me now. So keep this very confidential because of fraudsters and imposters who go about presenting various bank accounts in order to divert another beneficiary's fund. Awaiting your quick response. Sincerely, Mr. John Abbo. Well, John Abbo... There's one thing is certain, that your fucking boss, Mr. Jacob Zamajigubli, is a bit of a fraudster, and I don't want to get involved with this guy, so I'm going to send a letter to them right away before that guy, that criminal who conspired with the central bank before he gets his job back, I am going to make sure that I get my $7.5 And now that that shit is finished, let's listen to another song. This is by Pulse Code Marauder, and this is Love is Painful.
And that was Love is Painful by Pulse Code Marauder, um, which I think that's how it's said, although it's spelled M-A-R-O-U-D-E-R. So it's almost like Marauder. I never write the word Marauder. It's also one of those words I've never known the meaning to, necessarily. Marauder. Isn't that like a villain of some kind? I mean, okay. Let's look it up. (laughs) I should get uh, Hoo-Ha to write me a... Google jingle. So here I go, you see? I'll make a comment about how the internet annoys me, and then two seconds later, I need it. Define Marauder. Well, Pulse Code Marauder, yeah, so he's got a a unique word, because if you type in Marauder the way he has it spelt, you get him. Uh, and there's a word marauder, which is M-A-R-A-U-D-E-R. Hope you guys love this English lesson. And it is a person who marauds, a raider. Synonyms include robber, pirate, freebooter, bandit, bandito, highwayman, rustler. All right, so what did I say? Villain? <laughs> I don't know what the hell's going on. All right, guys, listen. I think we've all had fun here today. I don't know that I have too much more to say, man. I've got to get busy. I've got to get work on... uh, I've got to get to work. (laughs) I think I just threw in way too many syllables there on uh, the upcoming episodes of the show. So in order to satisfy the need to have a weekly episode, because I feel bad having a Patreon and uh, skipping a week. So we might be doing some interesting experiments with the show. And uh, I'm curious to see how people respond to that kind of stuff. In the meantime, uh, if you want to hear your tracks on the show, uh, I always reach out to artists for permission before I feature their songs. So if you want to send me stuff to play, you can send me links to the SoundCloud, to the Facebook page, um, to Twitter, and please just give me permission uh, when you do, and then I'll uh, check out your stuff. And if I dig it, I'll play it on the show. And of course, if you have letters, uh, you can always write to the mail sack. And that is uh, basically the same way. You just contact me on SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, however, uh, private message, and just title the message mail sack, and I'll read it in the mail sack segment on the show. Of course, we're still doing our Tweet at Meech campaign. So if you don't know what that is, uh, Tweet at Mitch Murder. And tell him to be on Beyond Synth. He's not going to do it. It's never going to happen. Uh, but I like the occasional uh, tweeted meech that uh, listeners of Beyond Synth send to him, even if he's not reading them. And of course, it's called Tweeted Meech because uh, Meech sounds like tweet, and his name is Mitch Murder. So that is an explanation of that terrible. Is that even a pun? <laughs> it's shit. I know that. <laughs> Anyway, I want to thank you guys for listening. Of course, uh, don't forget to follow all the uh, the Twitter at Andy Last and Facebook and SoundCloud. And of course, check out the Patreon. It's a great way to help support the show uh, where you can uh, donate a monthly donation as low as a dollar a month. Uh, and uh, higher donations get you more stuff. There's a video. If you go to the patreon.com slash beyondsynth, there's a fun little video that explains the whole damn thing. And I want to thank you guys for listening to the show. Um, today we're going to end on a track. And this is a track by Multisynex. And it's a track called Game Over. So I hope you guys enjoy this track, uh, and I will talk to you next week on Beyond Synth. So this is Game Over by Multisynex.